Hello everybody and welcome to Bite-Sized Chunks of Faith. My name is John O'Pierce and in this podcast I want to share how having a Christian faith has brought hope and meaning and purpose to my life. Sometimes in Bite-Sized Chunks of Faith we look at issues using passages from the Bible. And in this week's episode I want to say a little bit about leadership want to say a little bit about perspective and gratitude. But in order to do that, I want to read you a little piece from the Bible, from the first book of Chronicles, which is in the Old Testament, the first part of the Bible, chapter 29, and beginning to read at verse 6. Then the leaders of families, the officers of the tribes of Israel, the commanders of thousands and commanders of hundreds, and the officials in charge of the king's work gave willingly They gave towards the work on the temple of God 5,000 talents, 10,000 derricks of gold, 10,000 talents of silver, 18,000 talents of bronze, and 100,000 talents of iron. Any who had precious stones gave them to the treasury of the temple of the Lord in the custody of Jehiel the Gershonite. The people rejoiced at the willing response of their leaders, for they had given freely and wholeheartedly to the Lord. David the king also rejoiced greatly. David praised the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly, saying, Praise be to you, O Lord, God of our father Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor, for everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, O Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. Wealth and honour come from you. You are the ruler of all things. In your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. Now, our God, we give you thanks and praise your glorious name. But who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? Everything comes from you, and we have given you only what comes from your hand. We are aliens and strangers in your sight, as well as our forefathers. Our days on earth are like a shadow without hope. O Lord our God, as for all this abundance that we have provided for building you a temple for your holy name, it comes from your hand, and all of it belongs to you. I wonder if you have ever read or heard a passage of scripture and thought to yourself, do you know, that that's really incredibly relevant to my life right now. And it's like the themes or the ideas running through the passage seem to relate directly to whatever situation that you're facing. As we begin this slow and very challenging process of emerging from this season of a global pandemic, I think that Bible reading which I've just read to you has a huge amount to say to us. It has a lot to say about rebuilding. It's got a lot to say about leadership, a lot to say about perspective and gratitude. So I want just to think through some of what it seems to be saying for a few moments. And if we try to put it in some sort of context, and that's really important when we're reading the Bible, it's written at a time 
when Israel has been in exile. The temple, the symbol of unity for the people, has been in ruins. People have been dislocated, they've been dispersed to lands and to parts of the country not their own. And people on all sorts of levels seem to have lost their way. The spiritual values which govern their behaviour as a nation seems to have disintegrated and they've been floundering around. They've flirted with other gods and other belief systems. They've gone through phases and periods of thinking that they know more about what's best for them and for their lives than God does. And they've decided in many instances to act on those instincts and impulses. It's always a good measure, I think, or a good test of our values to see how do they hold up whenever we're confronted with a crisis? Do we abandon our principles at the first hint of trouble? Do we search for alternatives? Do we look for easy ways out when the crisis comes? Do we tell lies? Do we blame others? Do we avoid responsibility? Often, when difficult times come upon us, we tend to look to our leaders and we look at how they are responding and behaving in the midst of the crisis. This current time is a difficult time to be a leader. Local leaders, international leaders, they're all under intense scrutiny. And there seems to be a recurring sequence of inquiries into their actions and their behaviours. And everybody, including the press, is wondering, are they consistent with what they are telling us to do? Everything is under the microscope. The integrity of their business practices, the way that they interact with others on their social media accounts, it's all out there these days. And as a consequence, there is a real distrust of those in authority. We can see this in the church also. There have been scandals and falls from grace in the church. And I've been thinking about some of those in recent podcasts. There have been moral failures. There have been misappropriation of funds. And people feel hurt and broken and let down. And as David, who was a great king in the Old Testament, thinks and talks about rebuilding. Here's the first thing I want us to notice together about leadership in that passage. Generous giving inspires other people. We're told in the first few verses of that passage which I read to you about leaders giving generously of their resources to this rebuilding project where they were rebuilding the temple. The leaders gave gold, silver, bronze and iron. They gave precious stones and they really invested of themselves in this project. And how did all of that impact the people? Well, we're told in that passage that the people rejoiced 
at the willing response of their leaders, for they had given freely and wholeheartedly to the Lord. So the people rejoiced when they saw their leaders being generous and investing wholeheartedly and really giving their all to the work of the Lord. In the Church of Ireland, which I'm part of, there is sometimes a, a system where people called parochial nominators try to approach clergy to encourage them to move to vacant parishes. And on the few occasions when I've been involved in this kind of process, one of the questions that I really like to ask parochial nominators is this one. How much do you try to give away in your church each year? Because I always feel a church's giving is a really good barometer of its spiritual life. Are we so focused sometimes on our own needs that we fail to see the needs of the world around us and to contribute to these things? Are we sometimes so concerned with our own survival that we don't invest for the future? I've sometimes noticed that very often it is older parishioners who maybe don't have huge resources themselves who give most generously. I'm not just talking about money here, but I'm talking about time and energy and prayer. And I'm thinking about people who have done huge jobs very faithfully for a long time. Maybe they have led organisations in the church. Maybe they have looked after the grounds. Maybe they are the people who oversaw and coordinated our finances. Maybe they're the people who simply prayed faithfully and quietly year after year for the life and witness of the church. And whenever people are generous in all these ways, it really inspires other people. It gives heart to the next generation. The second thing that I want to observe comes from King David himself, that great king of the Israelite people. You see, King David recognises in this season of rebuilding that all power and majesty and authority doesn't rest in him as king, but in the Lord. And he cultivates in his beautiful prayer of praise that we hear as part of this Bible reading a real attitude of gratitude. Everything he realises ultimately comes from God. And he wants to thank him and to give him praise. Even the generosity and the resources for this massive rebuilding project for the temple are not generated from himself as the leader. But it all comes back to God's generosity to us. And that got me thinking about an inspirational friend of mine who is sadly no longer with us, Canon Liz McElhenney. And when Liz became terminally ill with motor neurons disease, I remember going to visit her and noticing in her hospital room 
a little notebook. And she told me that when she could no longer write, she would get somebody to record in this little book four things to say thank you to God for, for each day. Sometimes it was a family visit. Sometimes it was the relief that she gained from the visit of a chest physio to ease the congestion that she sometimes experienced in her breathing. Sometimes it was for a joke that someone shared as they cleaned her room. Or sometimes it was for someone who came in and took the time to read the Bible to her. And it's a truly amazing thing when we see people, even in very challenging circumstances, living life with a real attitude of gratitude. It certainly puts our relatively minor complaints into their proper perspective. So two things for us to keep in mind as we all try to re-emerge from this challenging season. Can we, in our individual and family lives, take a lead in generosity? Can generosity be a quality other people see in us that reflects what is truly important and maybe releases that spring in their lives too? And secondly, can we see and acknowledge all that God has done for us, all that he has made possible, and live humbly and gratefully in the light of that as we offer our devotion and our service to him in response. Well, that's all for this week. Thank you for listening. And if you were kind enough to hit follow or subscribe or even leave a review wherever you get your podcasts, that would be greatly appreciated. Join me again next week for another bite-sized chunk of faith.